welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. If you're new to the fitness industry and want to learn how to differentiate yourself and make an impact in the fitness industry, then today's episode is for you. Dan and I chat with Ginny Grimsley of Vasa Fitness about what a successful health club trainer looks like, her role in the industry-leading certification, the pain-free performance specialist with Dr. John Russin, and why the client intake and onboarding process is so important for fitness professionals of all levels of experience. Ginny has a lot of insight, so get ready to take some notes. Happy listening. Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truth. It's your co-host, Jenny Scott, here with my favorite podcast co-host, Dan, the man, Duran. How are you today, Dan? Well, Jenny, I am excited. We are going to be talking about one of my most favorite things to talk about, and that is onboarding or starting building a relationship with a prospective or new client in a health club. Absolutely love that topic. Absolutely. I mean, the, one of my favorite parts about working with clients in general, no matter how long you've known them, is building a relationship with them. It's something that happens from the first moment they lay eyes on you and you lay eyes on them. It's like love at first sight. But also we build it over time. It's something that we get better at building and, and everybody needs something different from us. So this starts that process. I'm super excited as well. Um, and I think our guest has quite a bit of insight and you will see why. So Dan, who do we have with us today? Well, Jenny, today we have Jenny Grimsley. And Jenny is the director of fitness product at Vasa Fitness, where she creates cutting-edge fitness programming for Vasa's clubs across eight states. She's also a master instructor for the pain-free performance specialist certification. Try saying that five times fast. And sits on several fitness industry advisory boards. And that's actually how we, we heard about Jenny was her course. And, and Jenny is an accomplished division one and professional basketball player. Nice. Welcome, Jenny. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for having me, team. So very impressive background, and I, I only covered some of it. You'll get to share more of it. Can you tell us, Jenny, a little bit about how you got started in the fitness industry and how you got to where you are now? Yeah, totally. I I tend to get this question a lot, especially from our trainers in the gym. Like, Man, I want to do what you you do, but they they really just don't know all that I do. And, and I'll take a second to explain that. But um let's go back 20, 25 years. Like I grew up playing every sport, um, that I could, right. So sports, athletics, uh, physicality has been in my wheelhouse from a very young age. And so taking that, um, into college to play, uh, collegiate basketball at the university of North Carolina, Greensboro, um, and then going on to Europe to play a couple stints over there professionally. Um, I've taken my, my passion for coaching and, um, I'm the kid of a coach, so I, I feel like it's it's almost in my blood, right? To to be able to coach clients now in in the role that I'm in, coach uh, other fitness professionals to provide a service that is truly meaningful to the world, especially now. Um, and I know a couple of you sat through the PPSC course, which is much easier to say than pain-free performance specialist course, um, and that's content written by John Russ and um, Cliff Clifton Harsky and, and Logan Dubay and Justin Farnsworth. 
Um, John is ultimately the CEO and, and head of that organization, but um, it's it's content that helps make things a little bit more practical for newer fitness professionals, even some veterans. Um, and so kind of through that, um, I've my undergrad is in exercise science, so kind of a, a no-brainer there. Once I finished playing professionally, I went back to Appalachian State, so sorry, Michigan and now Texas A&M fans, I can I can happily say. Um, I got my master's degree uh, from Appalachian State University in Boone, North Carolina. And, um, you know, since then, I've been in the personal training industry um, trying trying to do just that in that I want to have a positive effect on the community that I live in, but also the, the greater world, because the position I'm in now as a director of fitness product for Vasa Fitness, I have the opportunity to have a much larger impact because I can reach more lives via the, the over 500 trainers that we have on staff. Um, and so uh, kind of along the way, a couple of things that I learned early on was one, you know, I need to, to work hard to make a name for myself, but two, I've run into some very special people along the way. Um, Amy Boone Thompson has been, been one of them. She's when I started here in Colorado, um, gosh, almost 10 years ago now, she was our national director of fitness, um, for a company here in Denver. And, um, we became very close friends again, connected through basketball. Amy is another six foot plus woman. So Jenny, <laughs> yes. she's, in our, she's in our club. Um, <laughs> and, and she's been a mentor to me to help me make decisions about my career and, and push and challenge me to grow, to think of things that are outside the box a little bit, but allow me to continue on my mission of having that positive impact on my community and, and the greater good. Um, so yeah, so when, sorry, go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry. I thought you were now just going to say those are some some definite 18 players that you're talking about there, uh, Amy. Uh, Logan Dubay, we had her as a guest. Jenny, do you remember Logan? She was on. Yeah. Oh, man. John Russell, we had him on. Yeah, 16 months ago. Um, yeah, right on. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But, but since I did, can you expand just a tiny bit more on your current role, because that's going to kind of set the tone for some of the topics we're talking about today. So what you're involved with there at Bassett. Yeah. So as a director of fitness product, um, I oversee several different aspects. Um, and the easiest way to kind of understand it is that anything that touches fitness in our gym, I have some purview over. So whether it's education of our trainers, um, I do an internal webinar with our, our group every month and we cover different topics just to make sure they have the most recent content. Um, but have it delivered in a way that makes sense for our business. Um, I also partner with, with folks like uh, you guys over at ISSA and, and some of the other certifying bodies to bring in discounted education for our team so that they can continue to grow in the field. Um, and that's kind of just on the personal training side. On the other um, portions of my job, um, it's nice because it's never the same thing every day. I help our, our designers lay out our clubs and select the equipment that goes into 60,000 square feet. Um, so we, I spend a lot of time looking at the AutoCAD software, like, oh my God, I thought learning a, a digital PT platform was going to be a challenge. This is, this is something wild <laughs> and completely different, but I'm using all the experiences I had along the way. The last company I worked for, I was always around and kind of helped the maintenance techs move equipment. I'm like, just show me how to do it. I'm more than happy to help. I'm, I'm never going to turn down um, someone asking for help. And so I learned like kind of space planning in a hands-on version. So now putting it into a digital format makes it really easy um, because I know kind of the shape of the machines and how they're used and 
And so, so that's kind of a cool piece. Uh, we most recently laid out our dedicated personal training space, and we're going through the process of updating all 50, uh, 53 locations, probably by the time this airs, um, to make sure that our personal trainers have a space that makes sense for them and their business and their clients. Um, so that's, that's that part. Let's see. Uh, then I also write all the programming for our Studio Red product, which is our high-end, um, high-intensity boutique-style fitness classes. So 364 classes every year. Um, the only day that we don't have a class is Christmas because we're closed on that day. So every day is different, um, it, and it's just something special. And and we've gotten into using a system with that to make it make it really easy. And my team does a really nice job of of supporting that product as well. Um, and then my team. Um, kind of oversees group fitness side of things. So what vendors and formats and, and education do we need for that part of the house? So, um, you know, I get pulled into a lot of different things, which is nice because I'm, I'm able to take everything that I've learned in the last 15 years and apply it to this role. And again, like I said, have that positive impact for our teammates so that they can go out and, and re- relay that to the communities that we're in. That's awesome. Now for just to pit stop real quick for the people that aren't familiar with Vasa, I am. My mom actually goes to one down here in Chandler, Arizona. You guys are in eight states. You have over 50 clubs. Can you tell us, Jenny, what states are is Vasa present in so that people that are interested in can maybe check you guys out? Yeah, totally. So we've got a handful down in Arizona uh, where you are, Chandler being one of them. Utah is um, probably has the most currently um, followed by Colorado. We are in Illinois, Wisconsin, Oklahoma. Um, soon to be opening up in Omaha, Nebraska, and then Indiana. Nice. Great. So great opportunity through the Midwest and a little bit towards the West coast of the country. Awesome. Yeah. Phenomenal clubs. I actually did a photo shoot in one uh, a couple of years ago. They let me do it. And they were like, just don't make sure our logos aren't in it. And you're good to go. They were super cool about it. I went through management and everything. Great clubs though. My mom absolutely loves the swimming there. She goes to water aerobics because the water is apparently at the perfect temperature. So you fire that down the line, let them know they're doing a good job. I will <laughs> let them know. Look, hey, 84 degrees. That's what everybody wants that. She loves it. She's like, it's so warm. I can do it year round. Anyway. <laughs> So what would you say, Jenny, are some traits that make a successful uh, trainer in a health club setting like Vasa? You guys obviously offer quite a bit, but what are you seeing as the most successful trainer there? Yeah, I, I think probably number one is, is getting into it for the right reason. I think there are so many kind of outside influencers, if we want to throw that term around, that say, yeah, being a trainer is easy. You get to come in, you can wear sweatpants, you can you know hang around the gym all day. Yeah, yes. That is part of, we do get to wear very comfortable clothes, very comfortable shoes. Um, and for me, shoes are probably the most important part of my outfits. But here, here. <laughs> of course, basketball players in their shoes. It's a whole, this is a whole other podcast that we can have about that. But it, you know, it's one of those things where, yes, that is part of the job. But at the same time, if you're just coming in because you're a fitness enthusiast and you want to do it for yourself, it's, it's having the mindset of I'm coming in to create change in, in the lives of people who can't do it on their own. And I want to be able to come in and help people. So if that's the mindset that that trainers come in with, they tend to be a little bit more successful because it's not a self-driven, I'm going to be the trainer to the stars and, and you know, train over, over 10,000 different clients. Like, no, man, I want to have a solid book of, you know, 10 to 30 clients that I can train consistently throughout the week um, and be the the light spot in their lives because sometimes folks just have have rough days and 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 need that. Um, but yeah, if they understand what they're getting into, I think they have a much better shot at making it as a career and not just a 
portion um, in, a, in a job. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think that's the case because, yeah, some people just don't have the right expectations coming in. And it is a grind. It is a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of planning, right? Delivering the workout, that's the fun part. But that's a small majority of what we do as fitness professionals. Um, and even especially working in a club, of course, I worked in a club. Dan's worked in clubs, like managed clubs and stuff. Like there's all kinds of other things that go into working in a club, right? There's team cleans. There's admin. There's meetings, right? It's not just training 24-7. Um, although hopefully you can build your book to where you're training a majority of the time. Um, what advice would you give to somebody that's new to the field um, to get a great start in their career outside of understanding what they're getting into? Yeah, you know, having having a good set of expectations coming in, but understanding your first 60 to 90 days, you're not going to make any money. Like you're going to make, for most commercial gyms, you're going to make minimum wage um, just because that's, a couple of weeks of onboarding, if, if the company offers that, it's going to be being on the floor, prospecting, um, getting to know the members, which takes a little bit of time. You'd be surprised um, as a new trainer going into a gym and, and just walking up to everyone and asking them for a session, you're going to get a lot of no's. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. learning how to go about um, those conversations and, and making sure that you're in it for the right reason. You know, And one of the things I always tell new trainers is, is when you're going into having those conversations, have something to offer that person that is not training related first. Hey, can I get you a fresh towel? Can I refill your water bottle? You know, what, what is something that I can be of service to you before I ask you to do anything for me? And if you can do that, like those conversations come a lot easier, but I think a lot of folks come in and say, yeah, I'm going to come in. I'm going to start training 40 hours a week right off the jump. And, and is managing that expectation that it, it may take, six months before you're at 20 sessions a week and, and performing regularly, just because it, because it is a service industry, right. That you have to build those relationships to, to get people to trust you and to come in and you'll, you'll have opportunities, but the longer play is making sure that you've got everything set up in the beginning to have those opportunities down the road. And that may require you to change your lifestyle a little bit. If you're used to balling out and having all kinds of creatine and caffeine, like, you may have to like go on Amazon and order some in bulk. Like <laughs> you can't get the top end stuff. Like, I can't get, can't get the the high end protein right now. I gotta, I gotta dial it back. I can't eat Chipotle for lunch. I gotta make my own burrito bowls at home. Like, so there, there has to be, you know, understanding you're not gonna make any money, but in order to stick with it, you may have to make some sacrifices that more than likely, if you make them will pay off in the long term. that you're, you know, you're, you're putting the time into the gym. You're really focusing. You've got a plan. And if you can do those things, again, the chances that you make it in the industry are much higher. But if you're just coming in, like I'm living my same lifestyle, my income is different. Oh, now I got to go get another job. Now I'm taking away from my focus of being able to do yes, what I want to yes. do. Like now you're spreading yourself too thin and, and, and you're just decreasing the chance of you actually making this a viable career. Wow. Very much so. I hear some really good sound bites for us to uh, replay there. I mean, that's the reality of it. And I love it. So, Jenny, we were talking before we began the podcast and uh, you've been in the industry for quite a while now. And I'll let you put a year on it because, I, you know, I, we were talking about your pro uh, basketball and then transitioning in. So you've been in it for a long time. Something brought you into it that made you want to stick with it. What I would love for you to share with our listeners is what is it now still 
that gets you fired up, that gets you out of bed, that says, I'm going to go tackle the day because this is what I work in and this is what I do. And how has it affected you, you know, personally? How, how has it made you better being in our industry? Well, one, uh, we have to keep up appearances, right? So there has to be some level of fitness for me to, to maintain, uh, to keep up with all the, all the young bucks. Um, but I, you know, I think at this point in my career, understanding that while I may not have that direct impact on clients, I can have an indirect impact on them, but it can be much larger because now I have the opportunity to influence the next, the current generation and next generation of fitness professionals. Um, I think the one thing that, that got me into it and kept me in it in the beginning was, okay, I graduate, uh, after playing and, you know, get my master's and all of that my initial goal was to go into clinical cardiac rehabilitation. Oh, wow. Well, if you look at the state of Colorado, the opportunities for that are uh, minimal because everyone here is pretty fit. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm certified. I can go do personal training until something opens up. But once I got on the gym floor and I was interacting with the members every day and I built relationships with the clients that, that I had gained along the way, I realized that this was the path for me and and now being able to get other trainers new trainers those new those brand new to the industry to get that same feeling of man i've built some some fantastic relationships and these will surpass our relationship here in the gym and be able to to have lifelong friends like i just got back from vacation with a former client who are now we are fantastic friends um because we had a great relationship. They moved away, but we stayed in touch and, and we've been able to maintain the friendship because of the relationship we built early on. And we were just chatting about that the other day, like, man, it's been, it's been 10 years since we met each other. And now we're like, we're super tight. Um, but yeah, I think it's the, is the impact on, on understanding where we are as a country and, and just, and I, and I know I've told John uh, this before, but some staggering statistics to think about. 74% of U.S. adults are overweight or obese. Mm-hmm. Another one out of four in this, this study is from the U.K. came out this morning or recent last week. I saw it this morning. One out of four report feeling unwell, sick, and, and socially unwell. Like So there's a, there's a lot that needs to happen. Um, and personal trainers, fitness professionals are the front lines of that. So being able to tackle that head on and think about it. Think about your, your own, my own family, your own family. Who in our immediate circles are dealing with some of these things and how can I be that positive influence for them to even make some of the smallest changes that will have a great return? So not, you know, I'm not just doing it for the industry. I'm also doing it for my friends and family who are, you know, going through some of the same struggles as well. Because three out of four folks who are putting a lot of extra stress on their joints, a lot of extra stress on their heart and lungs, like that just doesn't make for a better future for us. It actually makes our our battle that much harder. So tackling it early um, to make the fight a little bit easier down the road is is probably the ultimate goal there. I love that. You're like the ultimate warrior, though. Like you're fighting for those bigger causes, but you're doing whatever you can do. Even if you feel like that impact is small, there's still, that's the key. There's still an impact. And if you help one person today, that's one person that you didn't help yesterday, right? Dude, every forest fire starts with a spark, right? Yes. That's, that's all it takes is enough of us creating these sparks and, and we'll start to create bigger and bigger changes. But it, but it takes that initial spark to do that. Yes. Yeah. Now, speaking of one in four people like feeling unwell on a regular, that's insane to me. Like, like so many people are just, I feel that all the time. People are like, oh, my back hurts. My hip hurts. My leg hurts. 
my fiance today, my foot hurts. I'm like, God, there's people walking around in constant pain like this. All that, what is wrong with us, right? And we can absolutely prevent this stuff or fix it. But tell tell the listeners a little bit more about the PPS, so Pain-Free Performance Specialist Certification, uh, PPSC that you are part of. What is it? And what do participants learn in this program? Because it's actually something that I was hoping to take. John, my coworker here, beat me to it, but I've heard <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it, so the the entire ecosystem of the PPSC, it started as the kind of foundations course that that John sat through with me a couple of weeks ago, um, but it's turned into this entire ecosystem of, of knowledge that helps personal trainers take the, the bits and pieces that they've learned about specific tools and specific programming things and, and package it up really nicely to better service their clients. And so the foundations course, um, which is what most people have gone through at this point, um, really helps the trainer understand, all right, if I'm in pain and I'm a fitness professional, how on earth do our clients feel who have minimal knowledge about their bodies, the systems within the bodies, and how they should be training to optimize what they're doing? Because the ultimate goal is to optimize the individual's human movement system. And so with that, it, it the this initial foundations course goes through a six-phase warm-up that primes the body, really prepares the body to train more so than a general warm-up would, but then also the movement patterns and how to screen and assess those in a way to not make the assessments feel super medical or scary, but as a way to help people establish a baseline of movement and ability and build from there. Because there's so many screens, there's so many sets of assessments that are out there that say, yeah, you can't do this until we knock out this. But with this, we just want to establish a, a starting point and build them up from there and fill in the gaps along the way. And that's kind of the whole premise behind uh, the foundations course. And then the level two course or uh, modalities course goes through the different types of set and rep schemes, loading, um, you know, accommodating resistance, some of the other pieces that go into that. Then there's a kettlebell course. And so John and the team have really done a nice job of building out this entire ecosystem that addresses the needs or the common needs that most personal trainers have after, you know, they sit, they sit through their initial certification. So whatever their CPT is, it doesn't matter. It's built these systems that you can plug and play your knowledge. So if you go and get a, a foam rolling certification, fantastic. You have extra knowledge. You can plug it in there. If you do a, a corrective-based workshop, you can take that and plug it into the system. And so it makes it really easy to have a system to follow, um, but still individualize it to the person that, that you're working with. Absolutely. And to anybody who's interested in this credential, I strongly suggest looking into it. We get people all the time, Jenny, asking about live events. I want to attend an in-person workshop. You can't learn this stuff from a book. Guess what? You can learn it, the foundations from a book, but you guys are 100% right. Those of you who think that way, learning it in person, being able to ask questions and actually do these things is tremendous. So for those of you guys who appreciate in-person learning, they have great opportunities and you guys are all over the world right now. I've seen you guys all over Europe. You guys have seminars and sessions that you do all over the world, right? Yeah, they they and they've got the schedule out. Um, I think all the way through the end of the year. So you yeah. know, pop on the website. I'm sure they'll throw in the show notes. But um, yeah, I mean, John, Cliff, Justin, Logan do a fantastic job. And there's um, obviously us master instructors who who teach for the group too. Um, you know, Kevin Mullins, Roman Rodriguez, David Skolnick down in down in Chandler. So um, 
they're really smart people. I'm lucky to be, be a part of it. Um, cause they're, they're way smarter and probably curse less than I do. So, um, <laughs> so oh, I don't know. You didn't meet Jordan Syatt yesterday. I was <laughs> just about to say, I, and then I was like, do I say anything? Great guy, but curses like a sailor. <laughs> oh man. And I'm not even sure if we beat those things, but it, I think it'd be more fun to even listen to it with the beeps. Uh, right. like it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, that's a Sometimes lot of you need sentence enhancers, right? You gotta yeah. drive your point home. It's very specific, <laughs> that's right. specific way. Welcome back to another ISSA Rapid Review. Dale McCabe had this to say about our ISSA Strength and Conditioning Certification. I was very happy to be able to use the online format. It made things easier for me to skip around and locate specific things I was looking for. Loved it. Thanks, Dale. You know, uh, Jenny, I love what you're saying uh, about the, you know, the the population, the one in four. I don't love it, but what I mean by that is for our listeners out there, so a couple of things to 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 key in on that before we switch gears is if one in four, and I'm and that's you know, I would submit that there's probably even more than that that are uncomfortable that yeah. that have some kind of owie or some kind of thing that's bugging them day in and day out couple of things. Number one, that's generally, generally an older population, older as in 30 years old and up. Somebody that's established in a career. So there's point one, that means they have an income. Point two is you can't put a price on pain management. So we're out to save the world. We're out to, to walk the talk. We're out to, to make it a healthier place and take that 74%, bring it down. But we also need to make a living. And the folks that are in pain will do anything to have some kind of relief from that pain. Most of you probably know somebody in your life where you've seen them in that pain and how desperate they are for help. So you can help the people that need it most and you can absolutely tap into a specialty that, that's gonna supplement your income or maybe become something you exclusively specialize in. So there's a little business piece uh, add, but what I'd like to do, Jenny, is switch gears because we're, we're, we're kind of bouncing back and forth and it's all gonna tie in together at the end is switch gears back to health club. So when when your trainers, your your coaches are onboarding new members, uh, what what is what would you say is the most important or even the top three most important things to making that first meeting with a member or a prospective member memorable, important, impactful, et cetera? I think number one, the person across from you should discover more things about themselves during the conversation than they discover about you as a fitness professional because nobody gives, they don't care, right? They want to know, here I am, here's my story, here's what's going on, now what, right? It's not about how many people you've trained or how many letters you have behind your name. At the end of the day, those things really don't matter. It's about the human connection that you can make during that initial sit down. And a lot of the trainers who skip that portion and go right into the fitness piece, miss out on building those relationships for long lasting client trainer relationships. Like that, that is the number one goal is treating the person as the human first and then helping them, you know, better optimize themselves down the road. And, and if you can do that, I mean, that it doesn't really matter what screens and assessments you do later in the, in the workout. Like if they, if they have your absolute, um, trust and engagement, you're, you're going to be fine. 
Um, so yes, yeah, so I think that's the number one overarching, like put a period at the end of it. Let them know that you are there to hear about them and to hear their story because they, they are the experts in their lives. You're, you might be an expert, but you're not an expert about them. And they're the ones who need to share what's going on with, with you first before they ever know anything else about you. And, and I, I've kind of built, when, when I was on the floor training full-time, I built that into every single session that I did. It's like, they can know a little bit about me, but at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's about, about them and how I can be the guide along the way for them. So um, I don't really think we probably need to list out two and three because that one is so important. <laughs> I love you. I, oh my gosh. And so I don't know what John shared with you, but today we are releasing our new program design model and it's called Purpose Driven. And it's exactly what you just described, like to the T. I see you teaching this sucker for us. Uh, it's exactly what we what you just said. So Thank you for putting a period on the end of the sentence that we uh, that we wrote and are kicking out the door today. Oh, look at that. Great minds. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, uh, Jenny, how do you take what what you learned and what you teach in the PPSC and with the onboarding experience that you have and making it about them? How do you take and tie those together in your integration or have you? And, and how do, what does that look like and how effective has it been? Yeah, so well, let's go back probably three years now. So yeah, right after the right after uh, March of 2020, when, when the world stopped for a moment, <laughs> um, we took a pause and said, hey, we need to kind of retool how we're doing our new client onboarding setup, right? Before it was just like, hey, we're going to come in and chat with you, maybe do an in-body um, blast you with a workout and then beg you to to buy training. And it's just not a successful strategy. And I know there are some folks who still um, believe in that, but I think we wanted to align our onboarding approach with our entire company mission and approach, which is to make sure that people feel like they're a part of a community, that they, they feel included, um, that it this is the place that actually uplifts the entire community. And so we wanted to retool our, our new member or new client onboarding process for that. And so I wrote an entire probably 200 page guide of all the resources that I had kind of taken and, and saved along, along the way. And that's a resource that our, our team has access to. Um, but then with the, with our intake session, it's okay, we need to figure out how do we involve all the different components that we want to touch of getting to know the person, understanding how people um, move, and then providing them with a solid recommendation that doesn't feel salesy. And so we built out that, and, and I, I borrowed um, and adjusted to, to meet our needs, the Plan Smarter Strategy session from the uh, PPSC to do that. because. It's not really quantifiable, but it gives you a ton of information. It's easy to coach and teach through, um, and you can build a program from it. And so we could have, I could have gone and plugged and pulled and, and done a, a bunch of different assessments that made it feel more fitnessy, but we wanted it to feel a little bit more like a workout that was manageable for 80 to 90% of the people who go through it. So if you, if you look at how we kind of go through 
our initial conversation, a lot of motivational interviewing skills in the first part. We go through a progressively more difficult workout, we call it, um, but it tells us all the information we need. And then we put those two things together that we learned via motivational interviewing, what we saw and also heard during that workout. And now we're able to provide a, a recommendation there. And, you know, it works really nicely for us, but, but yeah, we were able to systemize. And I think, you know, it, it doesn't really matter how you go about it, but there has to be a system for how you do this intake that can be replicated person after person after person. And I always tell our trainers, guys, I, I hate to tell you this, but I've probably done this whole consultation deal probably three to 500 times now over the last three years. I'm not bored with it. So the fact that you're telling me you're bored with it is telling me you're not bought into the information that you can get or you don't understand, which yeah. either I'm, I'm fine with and we can have a conversation, but I want to make sure that you see the value in the system and where you can actually plug in your personality and your additional knowledge that you have. Because I haven't sat through every single certification that all of our trainers have. I've gone through most of them. Um, but, but to say, hey, here are your opportunities to kind of make it your own a little bit while still following the same play because you get into a flow. Now you know how to manage your time. Now you know how to manage the intensity of the workout versus just saying, yeah, we're going to give you a showcase workout and we're going to do these five exercises and you're going to be so damn sore tomorrow that you don't know what to do with yourself. And that's, that's not the best interest of that person who's trying to, to make some changes in their lives. They just want to know what they can do, how they can feel good about it. And then you can start to build them up from there. And that's that's the system that we've put in place at VASA that we've borrowed from PPSC. We've borrowed from um, the psychology world with the motivational interview. We've borrowed some sales tactics from, from other groups. So we've taken a lot of different things and put them together in a cohesive system that works for our mission statement and our values. Yeah, and I think this all relates back, Jenny, to when we talked about like what people need to know getting into the industry. If you're brand new, like have reasonable expectations. But this is also a part of longevity, right? Being able to do these things. Yes, you go through the same process over and over and over, day in, day out. But every single time you do it, it should end you at a different output, right? It's a different human being sitting in front of you. It's a unique person. So if you're seeing, oh, it's always the same. You're not doing it right. If you're not using the system, you're not doing it right. So there are people like you guys who have put together these amazing systems, like what we put together that hopefully people will use that makes this process, to your point, you used this word earlier, simpler. It's not easy and it's not not work. It's just simpler. It doesn't need to be super complicated, but this is going to get you, like you just said, all the information that you need about this person, help you put them together in their first workout, but you, you said it as well. It'll help you build an actual program, which is what most trainers struggle to do. They can't put together a program that makes sense for the human being in front of them and they, they fail in this industry. So I think what you're saying is absolutely clutch. Yeah. I mean, think about it. There's 8,000 different sets of screens and assessments you could roll someone through, which are all beneficial if, which is the big part, like you said, can you take that output and now build it into a 6, 12, 24-week program that helps that client move closer to their goals, helps them get stronger, helps them move better, helps them feel better, whatever it is. Um, if you can't do that, then those screens and assessments aren't worth the paper they're printed on. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, you guys are, are spot on with help the person feel successful and then we'll, we'll figure out the rest. But you, you gotta have the right selection of, of work to give you the output to then be able to put it into that program. Yes. Love this. 
Um, so important. Uh, and there's lots of, like you, I loved what you said to you, though, that you guys borrowed things from other places. Um, we did too, right? No one company has trademarks on all of this stuff, right? Movement categories, that's not trademarked. It's just some people use it, some people don't. Um, when you yeah. do use it, we started using it. And John actually brought that to us, uh, my peer. So he brought that to us um, as like, we should present it this way. Maybe this will help people understand it a little better. And that kind of branched us off into our program design model that we've created. Um, and similar for what you guys did, use those things that are out there, put them together into a way that makes sense for you guys and your business. You said that earlier, it has to work for you and your business and then deliver it. And then of course, make changes along the way, adjust things if needed, You know, but you'll find the perfect system for what you are doing and who you are working with. Yeah, I mean, even if if you're in a commercial setting or independent or online, like I think at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the system is, as long as you have something that you can follow time after time after time. Mm -hmm. Because the more consistent you get with those systems, the more consistent results you're going to get. And and at the end of the day, like Dan said, we want people to be able to stay in the industry longer as professionals. And this is how you do it. It's not just winging it and coming up with it on little scratch notes and then saying, oh yeah, yeah, I got your program right here. This is what we're doing. It's like, no, man, let's put a little bit more thought and time into it. Um, and and it does, like it's the non-sexy part of the job, but at the same time, it's what makes the sexy part of the job even even better. So absolutely. And then and then to add on to that, like continue your education. So like the PPSC or additional, like you're interested in programming, go find some more on programming, read the strength and conditioning journals, right? There's all kinds of things out there that that research is constantly evolving on this stuff. And I, I don't know about you, Jenny, but I thrive on when people ask me questions, I can give you a distinct answer. I can tell you where I found that information. I can tell you what the research is saying, just like you did. You were giving us a couple of research articles that you just read. We're constantly staying up with that. And actually this morning, two of my college athletes pulled me aside and were like, hey, we aren't quite seeing, like they had not heard the parameters for power training. Um, they were like, the the, our, the Perceived rate of regression is too low. You shouldn't be below 60%. I was like, it's power training though. It's not strength training. And I was like, I'm happy to send you the research. So I sent them like a three-page email this morning with probably 20 links and descriptions of the studies. And I was like, I am so excited to share this with you guys. And being able to share that and I hope to make sure that I know what I'm doing. My, my program is not just one, right? I didn't just walk in today and be like, hmm, that machine over there looks cool. Let's do that. And you see a lot of people doing that too. Um, where they don't have any idea what to do. So they just kind of take what's empty if they're in a commercial club or they're like, well, this is all the equipment I have. So we're going to do the same thing every time. But if you understand this material, you're learning about it constantly, staying current with the current trends and research, it makes your job a whole lot easier, right? Totally. And and here's something I realized, oh gosh, I don't know, probably early last year. I'd say, and this is this is not published anywhere. This is all anecdotal. So take it for what it's worth. I'd say, 50 to 60% of those who are getting into personal training have never followed a program on their own. And I know yeah. I'm not trying to change the subject, but if you think about it, it's hard to write a program for a client if you've never followed a structured program yourself. So you're asking someone to do something that you were either not able or willing to do. Um, so you got to, as the fitness professional, keep in mind, like, man, I am my first client. So whatever I do, I need to, whatever I'm trying to do, I need to at least practice on someone. I'm probably the most willing victim or, um, <laughs> client, um, to be able to, you know, to, to try these things out because some combinations of exercises may look great on paper and they completely blast and destroy clients and who are paying money. So don't, don't ever experiment on paying clients. 
but also understand what you, you need to understand what you're asking your clients to do. If you can't follow a 12 week program, how easy do you think it's going to be to get someone who has less fitness knowledge than yourself to follow this 12 week program that you've devised with the latest and greatest, right? If they, if they don't buy it, if you don't buy into it, they're not going to buy into it. Here, here. Well said. Mike, drop. Yeah. Mike, drop on that for sure. And for your anecdotal numbers, I would 100% agree. And I actually think it's probably higher than that. And and the, and, and to, to, to kind of put a print on that one, not only will they know what it's like to follow a program, but if it's well-written, they'll get to see what the results are. Yep. Because with a good program, you get results. You get results. If you, know, if you get the sleep, you get the nutrition. Obviously, there's other components to it, but you actually get results. Instead of, you know, Jenny, you said whatever machine is open, and I'll add to that, whatever video you watched on Instagram this morning, yeah. and that becomes the exercise of the day. You can always tell too, like when somebody's super, I follow all those people just to see what people are talking about. Cause people bring that stuff up to us all the time. And if you aren't aware of like who these people are that are posting, it makes it really hard to have a conversation with people about it and like maybe talk them off a ledge. But yeah, you can always tell you go to the gym that afternoon or that week and everybody's doing the same exercise that you're like, where did you even learn this? Right. Because they're like, oh, well, you know, they saw it somewhere online (laughs) because every, everybody in here is doing the same thing. (laughs) That's weird. (laughs) I, I think uh, I know Jenny would agree that we could talk about these topics and talk to you all day long, but we've got to wrap things up here a bit, Jenny. So uh, how can people follow you or find you? And are there any uh, you know last points you want to make uh, to make sure our listeners here? Yeah. Before where you can find me, I think um, number one, like for those who are getting into the industry, understand it is not the easiest. Um, on paper, it's probably the simplest, like Jenny said, um, but it is probably one of the most gratifying uh, jobs yeah. you can do. Like there are days that I'm sitting in the office here like, man, I really wish I was on the floor training clients because that was so fun. Um, but but it is the the benefit that you have and, and the ability to reach people at a different level to get them to do things that they previously thought they could not do um, is such a gratifying feeling that if you are in this for the right reason and you have that first client that you have that great experience with, that's going to be the catalyst for the rest of your career. So if you can get it, if you can, you can do that you can find those things that, that help other people and, and find gratification of that you'll be fine. Um, so it's not, it's not easy. And then the other piece is, you know, one, you do need to make a living. So sales is a part of the job. Um, but it's not sales if you can truly propose your value in a way that meets the needs of the person in front of you, that shows that you've listened. Um, it shows that you actually care about their well-being moving forward after this initial interaction, whether they buy training from you or not. That just means you're interviewing for one of their friends or family that they're going to refer you to. So if you keep those two things in mind, it's not easy, but it's gratifying. And you're always interviewing, you'll be just fine in this industry. Great point. So, Nice. All right. And to find me, I've made it super easy on the Instagrams. Um, it's at g.g period, all spelled out. Put, put it in the show notes because people are going to be confused. Like, what, what does that even mean? So it's G-D-O-T-G-P-E-R-I-O-D. Um, so I'm on Facebook and Instagram. And then I'm speaking, I teach for, for PPSC. Um, so you'll probably catch me um, at some of those events for the rest of the year. And then I, I'm speaking at both IDEA events here stateside. Um, in a couple of weeks at the 
Personal Training Institute and then at uh, World Idea Convention in July. Yeah, and we'll be, see you there. Yes. yes. And then I'll be I'll be around. Um, I am the chair of the NSCA's, which I know is not affiliated with ISSA, um, Personal Training Development Group too. So I'm I'll be at all of their. I know every month I get a sent over. So yeah, I love their journals. I subscribed on my own this year. I was like, I'm doing it. I'm biting a bullet. And I got the paper guns. I love them. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. We'll definitely check her out, you guys. Um, thank you so much for sharing all your expertise. Um, phenomenal career that you've had so far. And I only see you going up from here. You look like a baby. So I'm sure you still have what, 50, 60 years to go. You got plenty of time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. All the time in the world. As long as I get, get my uh, grays in, I'll be, uh, I'll be pretty good. Oh, great. I forgot about gray hair, by the way. I always thought like getting old and the joints are achy. And a couple weeks ago, you guys, Dan, I didn't tell you this. I got my first gray hair. I was looking oh. and I was like, <laughs> and I plucked it. And then went to my hair lady to get my hair done. She was like, oh yeah, there's a couple more back here. I was like, get up. She was like, I will not pluck your hair. We're not doing this. <laughs> well, and, and, and I'll tell you my, my uh, eye-opening moment. And then a more recent one was when I was 30 and my barber ran the clippers inside my ear. I'm like, why is he clipping inside my ear? I don't. Maybe I just both did eyebrows. Like, Ooh. yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? He goes, I'm trimming your ear hair. I'm like, what? I have so there's one sign of aging. And then lately, in this last year, uh, when I go and you know speak to people or deliver presentations, I've been asked more than once to talk about longevity in the fitness industry. I'm like. Hmm, I think they're trying to tell me something here. <laughs> You've been doing it for decades and decades and decades and decades. <laughs> That's Good awesome. Stuff. Well, thank you, Jenny. I know, again, a lot of people looking for live events. I have, I posted something this morning about it. Somebody was asking me, like, what are some great live events? There's a lot of blogs out there, you guys, that list out all of the different events coming up for 2023. There's some amazing events coming up, um, industry-related and for actual fitness professionals. So if you're interested in live events, getting your CEUs, learning in person from people like Ginny and Dan and my coworker, John, um, then definitely check out some of these live events. PPSC, amazing credential. Definitely check it out. Great two-day workshop opportunities. Um, fully hands-on, a, a group of like-minded individuals all get together in the same room and just blow things up. It's pretty awesome. So thank you so much for being here with us, Ginny. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Dan, any last words that you want to share with our listeners today? Oh, man. You know, I started trying to put a list together, and it's just long. Uh, Jenny was amazing. And yeah. so yeah, I'm just going to pull out, for me, what I think of all the amazing things that, that Jenny talked about that I want to remind the listeners of, of, and that is it's not about you. When you meet that person, that 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 person that's scared, Maybe it took them five tries to walk in the front door of that gym. They pulled in the parking lot. They pulled out of the parking lot. They're intimidated. Uh, they're not quite sure if they're ready. They're not quite sure if they, they're in shape enough, which is not uncommon to hear. Oh, I can't hire a trainer because I'm not in good enough shape. They're scared. Just be quiet and listen. Ask questions. Be quiet. It's not about you. It's about them. Become. I love how you said become an expert on them. So that's that's my final words. Nice. Yeah, I would say I love our whole conversation today because there's so many people out there, naysayers that say you can't make money in this business. You can't make a career out of it. You absolutely can. There's people who do it every day. Um, but these are the people that go above and beyond. They learn about their clients. They learn all the systems um, and they do what they need to do. They put the legwork in to get where they want to go. And if you're passionate about something, you'll do everything possible 
which means that it's going to take a little work and effort on your end. Um, so that's what I encourage, encourage people to do. If this is something you want to do, go make it happen. It's not going to happen to you. Things don't happen to us, right? We absolutely have control and choices along the way. And speaking of, that's why I always tell you guys, go out there into the world, be fruitful and make good choices. We'll be talking to you soon.